Hello and welcome back. It's been another week in Oklahoma education. Te technically, I guess it was my last week for this school year. Um, we finished up regular old schedule on Monday. We had our block testing schedule Tuesday and Wednesday, which I'm still not a fan of. It's just, um, yeah, the hour and a half long class where we don't need it. Like, yeah, we don't need it for the testing time. I, I And I wonder why... Well, I know why some of the teachers wanted it because they give like a gigantic, I heard there's a hundred question test in one of the classes upstairs for me. And it's just like, dang, that's a lot. I mean, I guess they are literally trying to go for a whole semester long test, which as I've said before, I struggle to understand why we have to have that. It's not even a, um, it's not even like a college requirement in a, most undergrads. You usually have two or three tests for the semester and that's it. And it's called finals because it's the final test of the semester, not like, I don't, I mean, okay, I've been out of college for a while, so again, I'm not quite sure, maybe they've changed it, and you have to do cumulative tests in your college courses now, but back in the day, that wasn't a thing, and I've talked to some people who've been recently out of college, newish teachers, and at least their experience is they can't remember a class where they had to do cumulative stuff, so I'm not sure why we hold our high school students to a like a, a higher standard than college students especially like our freshmen and our sophomores but yeah again no one asked me but more importantly this was the end of my 20th year in the classroom and it kind of kind of just flew by it's uh I think it's an old shin song that talks about I think it was talking about a, a relationship and a marriage but the, the line is something like the days were long, but the years were short. And I think, I think that's kind of what it has been like. There are some days where it's like, Oh my gosh, like what have I gotten myself into? And there's some days where you break your heart. There's days where you get angry, but those were so few and far between. Maybe they felt like it cause maybe the days in a row, but I don't, I don't remember those so much. Maybe the times where I overreacted on things and then ultimately felt a little foolish afterwards. I, I remember those. And it's not as a shame thing. It's just a, ugh, don't go down that road again. Don't react that way, hopefully. And thankfully, that has been fewer and further between those sessions. But also, to, it's a good reminder of when I see others maybe doing that um, that like, I know where you're at and I got to have patience for them. I can also remind them like, Hey, that's not a good look, whether it be students or teachers, but I don't know. It's been, it's been a while. Like my first year teaching, I was at uh crooked Oak schools over there on South 15th and Martin Luther King Boulevard. It's, it's kind of up the hill from the, uh, first Americans museum that we have now, um, here in Oklahoma city. But I got hired. I didn't get hired until after labor day. Because I guess the fire marshal told them they had too many kids in the class. And it was like three of us teachers that they hired. And I uh, taught, um, let's see, I had, first hour I had to watch the ISI kids, the in-school suspension, or ISS, whatever they call it. Every school calls it something different. And then I had a uh, 10th grade U.S. history class, a 9th grade, I think it was geography slash Oklahoma history class. And then I had a plan and then I had to walk up the hill to the middle school and teach an eighth grade government class, but also supposed to put in some U.S. history because they're taking a U.S. history test and a uh, sixth grade world history class, which they were they were kind of they were fun. Um, but 
they, man, they got their money's worth out of me. And it was a struggle. I uh, had a job at Lowe's for the last two years of college. And uh, as we, my wife and I moved into a new house back then, and she was going into her second year of teaching, I still didn't have a job. And I was bummed because it was like, this is what I was, I felt called to do. I felt like this is what I needed to do. And I wasn't getting to do it. Like school started back and I was just still working at Lowe's, my college job. But I got that phone call and I went in and I did it. And man, it kicked my tail. I'm not going to lie. There were some times driving back home on I-40, uh, had a little, uh, had a little tears in my eyes wondering why did I quit Lowe's for this? Uh, but I figured it out. And like a big thing was like planning and time management because teaching uh, four different preps, eventually they got someone to watch the ISS kids and uh, I didn't have to cover them in the mornings anymore. So I got two planes, which was nice. And then eventually they allowed the middle school kids to walk down to my high school classroom and that worked out. Oh, did I tell you my high school classroom was the old library? So it was like a super long, narrow room kind of separated off. Oh, yeah. I didn't even have like a teacher desk or anything. I just had to kind of figure it out. And, and I did. But the biggest thing I figured out was like planning and time management. Because I remember I would spend hours every night just to figure out what I was going to do the next day for my four classes. Um, and it was not sustainable. I mean, granted, my wife and I didn't have uh, a kid at the time. And she was busy trying to figure out her, you know, theater thing and how she was going to do rehearsals. But it was wearing me out. And I was like, I can't, like, I can't do this forever, you know, for 30 odd years before I could <laughs> retire. And I had to figure out a new plan. And I did eventually, I think I, I think it basically was like Mondays or my planning. I don't remember how it worked out, but I'm pretty sure it was Monday was my planning night. And I would spend a good three, four hours planning like the rest of the week. And that worked because then I could have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to just kind of hang out, to relax, to enjoy, read books, watch a show or something. And I stumbled on a system and it worked. And then um, I enjoyed it. I really liked my high school classes. My, I'll be honest, the eighth grade class, I didn't know it at the time, but some of the other eighth grade teachers apparently handpicked uh, their students they didn't really care for and combined them into a class for me, which was a little bit of a BS thing to do uh, for a brand new teacher. Uh, I found out the other teachers, the ninth and 10th and sixth grade, they kind of, I guess, had a, a heart for me and they, they kept some of the knuckleheads. Little did I know I would grow to love the knuckleheads. And I still remember some of those eighth graders as like very big archetypes of how students act. Uh, so that was good, I guess. But as I got through all that towards the end of the year, myself and a science teacher, I got to know that we both got hired because of the fire marshal. They told us we weren't being rehired. And it was devastating because it was like, oh, this is what I was supposed to do. I finally got a big boy paycheck. Well, big-ish boy paycheck. It was teacher salary back in 2003. Um, but it was kind of devastating because like this is what I was going to school for. This is what I got to figure out. But uh, I think something had to do with they needed more coaches. And so off I went. And I spent the summer looking for a job. I interviewed at Moore. I interviewed in UConn. Uh, I interviewed in all over the place because I was just looking. I I didn't go to Oklahoma City to interview. I didn't, I don't know. I just, oh, I ended up interviewing in Putnam City, but they needed a, a middle school, but they needed a wrestling coach, and I didn't coach wrestling. I knew soccer, and that's about it. 
<laughs> and mainly I was a, you know, a, a band nerd in high school, but they, they, but they, they were impressed. So I was kind of like, whew, okay, that feels good. Um, and then like, maybe we'll pass you on to their middle school. And that's what happened. They ended up interviewing me at a, at a, another middle school, Kenneth Cooper middle school. And I, I uh, got the job. It was like, a end of July, beginning of August. Little did I know, I was like, I think I was one of the first hires for the new principal, the assistant principal that got promoted. And I remember showing up to the potluck and I, I'll remind you, I'm a giant, I'm like six foot eight. And I brought my potluck. I'm like, I'm eager, second year teaching. I'm like 23 and I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna learn these people and they're gonna, I'm gonna get to know them. And everyone, like not everyone, okay, it's hyperbole. A lot of people kept coming up to me and like, so you're the new basketball coach. So you're the new basketball, oh, you're the basketball coach. And I'm just kind of, as more and more goes on, I thought it was like a joke because I was, you know, I'm tall. But I soon realized somehow I had agreed to be the basketball coach and I didn't know it. And I panicked, went to the principal. I was like, I don't know what's going on. And she was like, well, yeah, I mentioned we need a basketball coach. And I was like, uh, now that I'm remembering, I remember you saying you need one. I didn't remember. I didn't think you were offering it to me. And I was like, oh man, don't fire me. I, I just got a job. And so I was like, I, I can coach. I can help with anything you want. I just, I'm a second year teacher. It's my first year in the building. I don't think I should be the head coach of anything. And she's like, yeah, I, I understand that. We'll see what I can do. And that is how I became an assistant wrestling coach. <laughs> it was like, I didn't get the job at the other school because I wasn't wrestling coach. And then I became one for a year. Which was great because the head wrestling coach was a new hire and it's someone I knew from college and I made it through. Um, he, uh, and it was great. I taught sixth grade. Um, was it geography? No, it was world history back again. And, and I loved it. And then eventually I got moved to seventh grade and I was there. Uh, they switched it to like a, a geography class. And I basically taught that for like the next nine years. Um, and I loved it. Like teaching middle school m made me who I am. Um, just as a person being able to laugh, it's like, you cannot hang out with those kids and not enjoy life. Um, I'm not, don't get me wrong. You're going to have a heartbreak from time to time because not everyone has a good life. Not everyone has things going the way they want. And so you have those, but they were wonderful people to hang out with. Um, this school is over there on the West side of Wiley post airport on council road. And I worked there. I got to know some great colleagues and some great students uh, that last year. Uh, well, because we had a little pod system. So I worked with like an English math and a science teacher. And we had like the same 125-ish students each. And it was a great time. I met some great friends. <laughs> now I'm uh, thinking about uh, like one of them who's not even with us anymore. Um, and I had some who moved on to like being principals. And that's wonderful. And it's, uh, it was great. Um, I was asked to move up. I was actually, this is so weird. I was asked nine weeks in the, the year before I left, I was asked to, I was teaching seventh grade and I was asked at the end of the nine weeks to go teach eighth grade. They were worried about their test scores because eighth grade was tested for U.S. history. And I was just like, I, I mean, uh, like, Hey boss, like if you want me to do it, I will do it. You're the boss. But it's like, I would, if you're asking me my opinion, I'd prefer to stay with my seventh graders. But I also saw it as such a compliment that like they saw me as competent enough. And I, you know, I'm just like 10 ish years in and they see me as competent enough to, um, be like, it's like a problem solver. 
Uh, ultimately, that didn't happen because I, I was just like, oh, it's like I can work with them because I had those eighth graders last year, seventh graders, and I'll figure it out. But it's like, oh, that I, I can't. But then I in ended up the next year, you know, principal called me and was like, hey, you know, I really want you to like, teach eighth grade. And I was like, okay. And it was almost like he was, um, and that part of me is like, maybe other colleagues treat him differently. But he was almost scared to ask, tell me. And I was like, I'm, I'm not kidding. When I told you that the year before, you're the boss. If you need me, want me to go teach eighth grade, I am certified for it. Um, I'll, I'll do it. And I, I was, I was reminded because it was the previous principal, the, the lady that kind of taught me that because I, I admit I was a butthead for like a year or so in the sense of, I thought I, I knew it's like, you forget that, you know, your area, you know, your scope in life and you forget that there's other areas. And there are some times when you almost want to what is it? Attribute to malice. What can be explained by just, I don't know. I don't want to say stupidity. I think that's the quote. And it was sometimes she, she was just doing things because she was just trying to get by with like the higher ups at the district and things were coming down. And I just got, I don't know. I got, I got labeled a certain way. I'm not saying I, I wasn't acting, um, like, and it had a negative attitude from time to time, but also I, I think also I was just asking questions and I was just trying to figure it out. And we kind of butted heads for like a semester or two. And we, we eventually sorted it out because I realized I don't know everything. Shocker, you know, humans don't know everything. And two, she realized that my why questions and my, my tr were just a way of trying to help. Like, why are we doing this? What's behind this policy? To the point that when she transferred to a different middle school, she asked me to go with her, but I was like, ah, that was an early on decision in my career. Don't follow admin. Like, that's not a good thing, teachers. Even if they're your best friend. And I got, he was my, another guy is my best friend. He's up in UConn now. And I just know that he's out in the world doing his thing. And that's good for me. But don't follow, don't follow admin. Because you never know how long they'll stay. Or you never know what kind of system they'll be in. And, and don't get me wrong. I was tempted to follow my buddy to UConn back in the day. Um, but the, like, things just didn't line up. And it never worked out. Um, but yeah, sorry. He asked me to go teach eighth grade. And I got to teach the same kids again. Like I had the same student seventh grade and then in eighth grade. And yes, it got switched up a bit. And it was about a little less than half. Half of them I got to have again. And I loved it. We call it like looping um, in education terms where you, I guess in theory, if you were certified, I, I could teach them like sixth grade geography, seventh grade geography, eighth grade U.S. history. Or in an advisory class, which fingers crossed, uh, I get to do that next year at my current job. But you, you keep working with them, keep building that relationship. And that year was so fun because I got to know a lot of them even more, uh, which was also why I think it was a little easier to leave after that year. I wasn't really looking, but my wife's principal at Mustang at the time said, hey, you're, I'm looking for an AP teacher and your husband's available. He does this. I have him apply. And I went and applied and I felt a little guilty. But then I realized like, no one, I, I'm not going to know anyone here. Like all my buddy teachers had moved on to other places other buildings, uh, these eighth graders are about to move on to high school. And I was like, eh, I'll go see. It might be nice to be in the same district with my son and my wife. And so, yeah, I interviewed and I got offered a job after and I said yes. And now I just finished my eighth year at Mustang High School. And it's been wonderful as well, especially early on. When I got to hang out with some of the youth group kids that I knew from my church and which I'm kind of doing that again a little bit with the youth group I'm helping with now. And I'm feeling even more prepared, which sounds ridiculous because it's 20 years in and it, you would think at some time you've got it. You've got it figured out. You're moving forward. Everything's wonderful. But it's like every year I get reminded of something or I get taught something new. And 
<laughs> the thing my buddy and I used to joke about in the Putnam City School, we had a, a, some students that we taught for a while when we were, you know, three, four or five years into teaching and they came back after they were in high school and we were, so we were like year seven, eight, nine. Um, and they were like, oh, you were my favorite teacher. It's so wonderful. And I remember we were like, oh, thank you for the kind words. And, and we kind of looked at each other at, after, after he left. And it was like, dang, I, I don't feel like I was that good back then. It's like almost like, hey, kid, you should see me now. And it's almost the same thing there for all the students who thought I did such a good job earlier in my career. It's like, I wish you could see me now because I feel like I'm even better. Like the, the rough edges have been rubbed off and I'm, I don't know. And I think that's the power of sticking to something. And and I get it because I was almost that teacher who the stats about most new teachers quit within three years. And I, I could see a path where I, I, I was that guy, but I, I didn't. And I'm so thankful for it because, man, it's been so fulfilling. It's been such a great ride. And I couldn't imagine doing anything else except trying to help young adults, like, figure out themselves and figure out their life. And so... Yeah, that's 20 years in a nutshell. And I probably still have another 15 to go before I can, uh, I'm eligible to retire. And I, and it, it's like, where'd the time go? I'm halfway through my career as a classroom teacher. This thing I felt called to do from like eighth grade. And it's just like, oh my gosh, I'm a little worried. Like my son's gonna be graduating in a couple of years. And then like, before I know it, it's gonna be like, hey, you're eligible for retirement. You wanna think about it? And be like, mm -mm, no, no. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm ready to enjoy it. And, um, because more than anything, I just, I was thinking about this episode and, and what I wanted to do. And I was reminded of a movie called Lions for Lambs with a guy named Robert Redford. What am I saying? A guy named Robert Redford. Most people know who Robert Redford is. <laughs> um, but it was, he was a professor and he, it was kind of juxtaposition of, uh, like a student he had at the time with a student he had in the past. And so like scenes went back and forth, but the student he was had at the time, I think it was, I think he was played by Andrew Garfield, but he was kind of a, like a smart guy. He could figure things out, but he just didn't have any kind of a heart in anything he was doing. He just kind of skated by. But it was one of those things where it was like, oh, if you're so great, professor, why are you still here? And let me find the, the line real quick. It was basically the idea of uh, the professor said, I'm still here because I'm a selfish man. I'm selfish for the rare times when you know you have someone in your class that has rare gifts to go on and do big things on a big scale. I realize my gifts aren't my theories, but my ability to recognize great potential in others and maybe give them a little shove when they need it. And I remember hearing that and like pausing it, rewinding it, listening to it again, because I, I feel like that's it. I mean, they play it up a big like great students with great potential. And I'm like, no, I just less dramatic. All my students have potential. And I think that's my my skill. At least that's the skill I strive for. It's like showing them like you have something in you and it, it's enough to get you through whatever you're going to do, whether you're just going to be a stay-at-home dad or you're going to be a high-powerful whatever, lawyer, doctor, um, engineer, uh, or anything in between. It's like you have what you need. Um, you just have to believe in yourself. And it's, sometimes that's that's all I care about. Like, uh, I think that was a phrase way back in the day. It was, what, what do you teach people? Like, oh, you're a teacher. What do you teach? It's like, I teach I teach kids. Um, and I get some history in there if I can. And that's always kind of been my theme. Like I teach students, I teach teenagers, I teach humans, um, how to be like comfortable, how to be aware, how to just be sometimes. 
And yeah, sometimes I get some history in there or geography or whatever it is I'm teaching at the time, economics now. And I think maybe that's part of the secret sauce because that's what I get so many times with my little appreciation letters uh, and little notes. It's just, it's, it's never about like a particular lesson. Okay, it's not never. Sometimes they mention like a lesson a topic they really liked. But for the most part, it's how they, how I made them feel. And also how I pointed out that like they're, they're unique, like their problems are their problems, but they aren't the worst thing ever. Like humans have been through, there has been a human somewhere who's been through something you've been through and they found a way forward. Maybe you could try their way, but if anything, they found a way forward and so can you. And I think that's my, my skill. Also like bursting ignorance, because it's one thing, it's okay to be ignorant. It's not, it's not okay to wallow in it. I think that's the other thing too. It's just like, you don't have to be who you were. And between finding the potential and like give them a little bit of a, uh, not a shove, you know, nicer than that. Um, a little encouragement in the right direction and letting them know that you, you don't have to know everything. You're not going to know everything, but you don't have to be okay with not knowing. You can do things. You can just search things up. You can, you can be better than you were, but I'll be honest. It has been a little bit of a struggle as I start to wrap this up. It's been a long one. 20 years is a long time. Um, but I was struggling again with the thing I say. It's my seasonal <laughs> depression. Um, I call it my teacher depression because every year the school year ends and, well, I've mentioned it before. I don't like countdowns because it's over. Like this thing we created, this environment, this relationship, this chemistry, this connection with all my classes, with all my students, they're all just different organisms that we create together. And now they're, they're dead. Like they died on Tuesday and Wednesday. And it's rough because that doesn't come back. And for some of those students, I'm never going to see again. And what's even harder is for those, those handful of students you really make a connection with and you just kind of, bye. And I was talking with a buddy of mine about how that's, I don't treat anyone else in my life that way. I don't, you don't make a connection with someone and it's like, see you later in like 60 days, maybe. Um, and, and that's always rough. That's the roughest part about it. And it's also, it's just, it's such a weird situation with our profession because it's not like you can just be like, you know, meet someone, hang out for a while and then you get a really good connection. Like, oh, here's my email or here's my, uh, or here's my phone number. Let's, let's like go get coffee and hang out. And because of our profession, that's like, that's not cool. Especially, I mean, if it was like opposite sex. So like if it was like a, like a female teacher with a male student or, you know, the way it's like people just frown on it and it's just, and I get it. It's, it's, it's how it should be. But it, I'm not going to say it's not rough. Like you make those connections and you don't know if they'll come back and say, hey, in August or at, or at all. And you also wonder like, are they going to be okay? Because some of them are dealing with some stuff. But he he reminded me of the thing I already know. And I try to remind students is be present. Because I was kind of wallowing it a little bit, talking about it. And it was like, no, but it's good because they need to know that that not everything lasts forever. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, that's so true. I mean, I, I selfishly want to have that same thing all the time, but I know I need to rest up, recharge, and be ready to go for a new group and be able to do all the things I did, the magic, um, the and my alchemy of what I'm going to create with my new classes next year and, and their cool personalities. And it helped me. It helped me like let some of that go again. And I almost need to be reminded every year like how it is and and it's true to what i've taught them all the times like we read we read books and we have chapters and some chapters are longer than others some are shorter than others some end abruptly some of them have a happy ending some of them leave you wondering and but you don't go back and read the same chapter over and over you 
you push on and you finish the book. And I, I just needed to be reminded of that. And hopefully I, I set them up to do the same thing because there were some that was like, oh, I, 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 I was already wondering, like even just a couple days without classes, I was wondering, like, I wonder what they're up to. I hope they're okay. Cause some of them were dealing with some things and, and I don't, I won't know until next year. And I may never know if they don't come swing by the, my far corner of campus, but I've, I've been through it before. I've lived through it before. I've made it before and I'll, I'll get through it this time. And, um, because I don't, I can't imagine doing anything else. And, and this is what it is. It's, it's kind of the bittersweet that comes with everything. And so, yeah, I, I think I'm ready. I'm ready for summer. I've, I'm putting the school year behind. I've got a trip coming up with my, uh, with my wife and my son, uh, and a little, a student group, um, to New York city. And then I've got a conference coming up later in the summer. So I think I'll check back in with you in a few weeks. We'll give it a few weeks. Let me recharge and rest because as, as much fun as I had and as sad as it was to see some of them go, um, it's the way it's supposed to be. And I'm already kind of excited to do it again. And I can't imagine doing anything else. I hope you feel the same way too. As always, have a day.